batten down the hatches. Yes, this is your warning. I can see people thinking, oh, Dylan is at it again. It's all excited during the wintertime. People who know me know that I'm always on Snow Watch. This is The Farming Show here on KGMI News Talk 790. I am Dylan Honkoop. Welcome back as we continue here on your Saturday morning. There is a storm brewing, or at least some significant change in the weather patterns overhead. And, you know, of course, this will be important to everybody. This will affect everybody around here, whatever happens. But it is particularly of concern for the farming community right now, especially the dairy farming community. They have to keep operating 24-7-365. Some of these berry farmers out here can hopefully sit back and just watch this go down because it does sound like it's pretty likely that uh, in a week from now, we're going to be looking at some snow. Yes, I said it, the S word. Um, And you know who I like to talk to when we have these kinds of situations. Mr. Stormwatcher himself, you can find him online. He's been publishing since the 90s. His weather blog at OVS.com. He calls it the Weather Cafe. And Rufus Lalone is on the phone with me this morning. Rufus, welcome back. It's been a long time. Great to have you back here on the program. Good morning, Dylan. Uh, what a reason to get back on the le- online with you, but it's worth talking about just in case these events do take place. Well, they the- could be among the time we talk about, you know, 1950, 1964, 2008. Some really? of those big events that just start and they last for days and days, and we wish it would be over, and another hit, a round of snow hits us. So we need well, to be aware of the potential starting next weekend. When somebody like you says something like that and starts mentioning 2008, my ears perk up. When If you mention the 1950 then my ears really perk up because I've never lived through anything like that, but I certainly have heard the stories, you know, from my grandparents about just how crazy that was. Now, I I do want to preface this. This is still a ways out. You know, this is about a week away before any of this could really get started. Uh, We're talking here about what could happen. You know, people, when I talk with you, Rufus, you know, afterwards, if it doesn't happen exactly the way we talked about a week or two in advance, they say, oh, see, you're always just, you know, you don't really know. Well, exactly. We don't really know. The point is we want to be prepared for the what ifs. And that's particularly important in the farming world. So you can be ready for the what ifs. We're talking about what could happen, what the the potential is uh, in what's going on. So set us up here, Rufus. What's the the backstory here that's causing these pieces to come into play? You're watching Alaska. Yeah, so I usually look up at the Yukon area, and if there's a high-pressure dome, because it's like an upside-down bowl, where the barometric pressure gets above 1040, 1045 millibars, a little technical talk there, but those are the numbers, um, most of our big Arctic winter outbreaks in the Northwest, they have to have the Yukon Delta area, the Yukon up there have barometric pressures over 1040 before we can get a true Arctic outbreak here. When that happens, doesn't mean we're going to get an outbreak, but we have to see that first, and the models have been showing that for almost two weeks now to set up and start shifting south and affecting you guys first up there starting next Saturday uh, in the morning as early as the as sunrise next Saturday morning or afternoon and then the cold air shifting further south affecting us down here in Oregon by um, sunset on Saturday the uh, 10th uh, the 11th excuse me so this is one of those events where it could set up the winds will pick up out of the Fraser Gap and be quite uh, quite intense 
um, but not as strong as they'll be a few days later when mm. the second round hits us. Second round. Wow. That's the, for, first, I don't want to take anything for granted because I've been reading your forecast for a long time at the Weather Cafe. Again, if people want to check it out, uh, Rufus posts uh, Mondays and Fridays typically, other days as situations warrant if, if major changes or big things are going on. Um, so OVS.com, up on the top, uh, you'll see Weather Cafe, WX Cafe is the uh, technical abbreviation. So go ahead and, and click there and, and you can read along, follow along and, and check back uh, whenever you'd like on Rufus's forecast. But when you talk about an Arctic outbreak, let's even back up that far. What does that mean? What is an Arctic outbreak here? It's basically continental air that moves down over the Northwest from inland Canada uh, with origins up in the North Pole and in the Arctic. So we've seen these events uh, many times over the years, the Northwest, and it's not uniquely uh, every 10 years for us to get an outbreak of cold air, but what's unique is when it arrives that it would stick around for 7 to 10 days. And the models have been suggesting, suggesting that once this thing sets up, that air is going to be so cold and so heavy that it's going to take big storms to move it out of the way. And the only type of pressure systems arriving during the, the week or two after it hits next weekend will be ones that would add more snow to the, to the formula or more intense winds to the areas north of Bellingham. So you're saying the first round hits about a week from now, approximately, give or take a few hours or a day or so, especially for us up here. Of course, we're broadcasting from Whatcom County, people listening to us all over on the Safe Family Farming podcast, but we are on air here on KGMI News Talk 790, so that's our, our primary focus. Um, how windy, how cold initially, how much snow, any idea on how bad the first punch is actually going to be? Well, a, a few days ago, some of the models were showing the Seattle area having one and a half to two and a half feet of snow over the course of this event in seven to 10 days. I'm not saying that's going to take place, but there'll be enough cold air around and, and air filtering through the gap and down here in Oregon and through the Columbia River Gorge that it'll be cold enough for snow. And this time, we, it looks like we're going to have enough moisture coming in under low pressure that's going to spin out over the coast and then move that air in over on top of us. And that's where we, we, we see these big snow events. A lot of times the snow misses you guys or gets blown all the way down to the sound or out in Puget, uh, Birch Bay. But the, uh, the weather shows that the winds will die down enough and there'll still be some moisture to have snow for your area next weekend. And then uh, it looks like it may warm up a little bit by Tuesday down here in Oregon area for freezing rain on top of snow, which by the way, snow is forecast to go all the way down, even as far south as the Sacramento Valley of California. So this will be a West Coast event if the models are true. And so we get the snow on the ground, we get some freezing rain down here. For you guys, Monday night, uh, that would be the 13th of of January, uh, the snow will pick back up again and you'll have snow event. We'll be having freezing rain on Tuesday down here in Oregon, if the models are correct. And then by Wednesday and Thursday, another round of cold Arctic air comes down, slams through the Fraser Gap. This time the winds could be as high as 70-mile-an-hour gusts, which you guys have experienced in the past. It's just going to add more cold air to pool on the cold air that's already there. And the models show moisture coming around from the southwest and moving up against you guys and getting snow, uh, and snow in the Puget Sound, snow down here in Oregon. So it could be a, a, quite an amazing event. And then just stay cold. If the air cl- clears at night, the dew points are very low. We could see temperatures with snow on the ground down into the high single digits and definitely into the teens in many areas west of the Cascades um, after the uh, 12th of January. So how long could that go on for then? 
Well, the models are showing that the weekend of the 17th and 18th, another round of snow coming in and bringing snow to you guys and more snow, especially down in Oregon. That event may be more of a snow event um, south of Portland, but it's still cold air for you up in the north. It might be dry and more wind. And then the the models that I trust don't look out much further than the 18th to 20th, but the pattern is set up because of high pressure way up in the Gulf of Alaska, and that air moves down over the top of the high pressure dome, gets caught up with this Arctic flow, and we just see these moisture events bringing snow. So this is not a definite yet, but the computers uh, models that I trust over the years, I've been doing this almost 40 years now, um, are showing this event for almost two weeks, and now they're showing almost every computer run. There's the European model, the Canadian model, that's not suggesting this as well. But I'm just going by the ones that I trust, and we give the warning out to have people be ready because some of these operations up there in agriculture, uh, business operations, schools, those types of things are going to be affected. So is travel by air and by car and by tractor. (laughs) They're going to be affected, Columbia River Gorge. So folks need to be ready for this just in case because once it turns on, it's going to be very challenging to get around and do things that people would normally do in the middle of January. What's the, you know, I want to say best case scenario, even though I like snow, so my best case scenario is lots of snow. But for people who don't want snow, (laughs) if this doesn't really pan out, I mean, you mentioned something in your blog about, hey, maybe, you know, maybe if this doesn't really quite come out the way that the models are showing, we could be, you know, 55 degrees and and watching the rain come down. Is that still possible? What's, if, if this doesn't really pan out, what could things look like? It sounds like there's going to be some kind of change regardless yes and and, uh, i was being facetious about it being 55 it it still would be january type temperatures but it'd be more of a rain event and lots of wind there's some of these storms are very powerful the one next week uh friday night and coming in saturday morning uh that storm is going to have significant wind effect at the surface from the south before it turns around from the north out of the fraser gap so there's going to be some wind issues lots of rain very heavy rain uh preceding that event and then turning over to snow in lots of wind and then we see the event um, through the next week, like I mentioned. So it could just be a regular wind and rain event for the Northwest. But if we aren't ready for this and it does turn to snow, um, people are going to be pretty disappointed. Well, how come you didn't warn us about it? Yeah, for sure. Well, we and, that, all the time. and and that's the best case scenario. What's I know we need to be careful if we go here, but you know, what's the worst case scenario? What's the, what's from what the models are suggesting could happen? What would be the worst case scenario right now with this potential storm? The worst case scenario would be that a low pressure system would continue to develop as models have suggested, but remain right off the coast of Washington, Oregon, without being really deep. In other words, it won't generate a lot of southerly winds at the surface, which means all the moisture would fall as snow, and it just keeps falling and falling. And the models show three or four of those systems forming and moving more into California. If they stay more to the north, like say over Oregon or or southwest Washington, then the amount of snow in the Puget Sound could be very significant. And and that's why the models a few days ago were showing one and a half to two and a half feet of snow in the Puget Sound. Again, I'm not making that forecast, but the potential is for this to be a very major winter event. Folks that have tunnels and hoops in agriculture, they got to make arrangements. How are we going to get that snow knocked off those uh, agricultural activities because they have greenhouse activities? Remember a few years ago when they didn't do that, those things collapsed, and they lost not only the flowers inside their hoops, but they lost the plants. They had physical damage to that property. So there's a lot of things that are in play here, and that's why we want to give people a chance to get ready just in case. If it doesn't happen, you're out a little bit of preparation, and who knows, the next week something might happen anyway that you'd be glad you have it. So. 
That's why we're doing this. Rufus Lalone is with us right now here on The Farming Show. Dylan Honkoop with you on KGMI News Talk 790. Rufus is host of the Weather Cafe, weather blog that he's had for many, many years at OVS.com. You can check it out and subscribe there if you would like. Again, OVS.com. And up on the top, you'll see a link to the Weather Cafe. Um Rufus, his background is is also not just with weather, but with bugs and around the food and, and farming industries. Um, so that's why, Rufus, you've been followed so closely by people in agriculture in the Pacific Northwest for a long time. Um, and that that's really kind of the focus of, of a lot of the, the weather forecasting and weather chats that you do on your blog. Um, cows. That's another situation. You, know, you mentioned greenhouses. That's a concern for um, agriculture, hoops, etc. Uh, any operations with with livestock, any animals. Um, I know last year there was a really difficult situation in eastern Washington where they had a localized storm whip up there that resulted in a bunch of cows dying. It was just kind of a freak storm. What what are things looking like over on the east side? I, I know that can be a concern over there when we're talking about real cold. Usually, if it's real cold on the west side, it's even colder back there. Yes, and this 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 model uh, pattern shows some very very temp- cold temperatures east of the mountains, uh, Spokane, and those areas, even down to central eastern Oregon. Cold weather. Livestock guys know they got to make sure they have a way to keep their water liquid yep. during those types of events because uh, uh, you know livestock uh, has to have liquid water to keep alive. They can't go very long without water, so that'll be the big challenge. These guys are used to doing that, but if this holds and tightens up and is like that for you know ten to fifteen days, they're going to have to get that type of pattern ready to go. How they manage that? They've done it before. They just need to be aware of it. And it could be one of those long-term events. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how this all develops. As you know, getting out of this is always an issue with freezing rain everywhere. So we're not even talking about that yet, except in Oregon just that two, next Tuesday, the, uh, the 14th. But we're just going to keep an eye on all this and hope everybody pays attention. You know, we're not trying to be alarmist. We're just trying to be prepared just in case, kind of like the old Boy Scout theory. Boy Scout theory. Old uh, freezing rain situations, getting out of these. That's like the, the ice storm that we had two years ago around this time. Actually, it was right around New Year's. And we got walloped just here in northern Whatcom County only. Um, with a lot, so we were experienced, unfortunately, with a lot of ice recently, too. So we, I think those of us who dealt with that don't want to go through the ice again. That can be particularly damaging to a lot of different things. Again, talking with Rufus Lalone right now with the Weather Cafe. Rufus, you mentioned the 1950s. How, how do you make that comparison? I've seen other weather geeks out there. There, you know, on the blogs and the and on Twitter, talking about this too, mentioning the the, the the you know some of these model solutions have parallels to the. How do you even are, are there you know is there data that you can look at then and put that kind of side by side what these computer predictions are saying as compared to how things played out that many years ago? There, there's some weather geeks that have went through that process in detail. Um, my main emphasis is that it, this is not a typical Northwest event where you get rain or snow for a few days and it goes away. Um, those big winter events in the 50s was one of 64. And even in 2008, down here in Oregon, you know, mm-hmm. Eugene area had 30-some inches of snow over the three weeks. And I remember talking in the, the small fruit research uh, conference and everything, if this event takes place, we're going to be ready. We, yeah. we had 30 inches of snow in Silverton over three weeks. You all remember that. It was a big Northwest event. And so this yeah, is a type of pattern that we saw then and we and we saw in the 60s and of course I was just a kid in the 50s I wasn't even born until 53 but these types of things are one of those epic patterns that doesn't mean this is going to happen but 
again, I've done this a long time, and the models don't show these type of events very often. So when they show it for a week or two in a row and get more consistent at that's why I want to make sure people are aware of the potential that's there. Well, you always have a lot of good warnings, too. Anything else that people need to be thinking about? Obviously, I'm thinking about, oh, i got to make sure that everything is winterized as, as good as I possibly can around my place. Most things already are, but, you know, protecting exposed pipes, all that kind of stuff. I, I know you have a lot of good advice on that. You got to get your pipes ready. The plumbers are going to be real busy because there's always folks that just don't know or don't prepare because they're not listening to all this kind of stuff. And um, the people in California, the Sacramento Valley, the same thing is going to happen down there if this comes in. So you have to have a lot kind of ready. The also, if there's a power failure, what are you going to do for a generator? Because the type of winds you're going to have up there could very easily ha- cause some power issues in your area. Now, what wasn't blown out the last few times this has happened, these guys don't know. You always know your vulnerable locations in that part of the country. Uh, same for down in the Portland area, the, the uh, Columbia River Gorge. So what do you do if you have no power? Uh, you can't get to the grocery store because the roads are full of snow, at least locally. You might have the freeways cleared off. The snow plows will be out there in some places. But as you know, we get a lot of snow. It's really hard for the back roads of Linden and Bellingham mm-hmm. and even down here in the Willamette Valley to be plowed. I was stuck at my home in 2008 for about eight days because there was so much snow on the ground. I couldn't get out even if I could dig my car out. So that's the kind of stuff that we need to be ready for. What if it happens? What do I do ahead of time? Do I have enough food and gasoline or whatever for my generator, uh, fresh water? Uh, if you have to store water up to flush your toilets, uh, you don't want to use your potable water for that in case the power's out for those of us in the country on wells. When there's no electricity, you can't flush your toilet. So what do you yeah. do in case that happens? Just, just general preparation for winter. But if it does last for seven to 10 days and be cold, how are you going to manage that without any water if it's frozen? Yeah, absolutely. Very good warnings. I remember in 96, we had a, a heck of a storm. I think it was more just up here than maybe down south, but we got close to five feet of snow and, and yeah, 80 mile an hour winds. We talked about that days ahead of time, just in case, and it did verify. Yeah, um, Rufus Lalone, Weather Cafe. Uh, his blog is hosted at ovs.com. We appreciate the heads up here, and who knows? Maybe we'll be talking uh, a week from now, and maybe the situation will be different, or or maybe we'll be watching the storm roll in. We will see. All right, thank you, Dylan.